0: We shall be reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verses 13 to 20. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear an oath by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For people swear an oath by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath serving as confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God, desiring even more to demonstrate to the heirs of the promise the fact that His purpose is unchangeable, confirmed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to hold firmly to the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and reliable, and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated.
1: Good morning. Good God is good. Before I go to the message, allow me to greet you a happy 18th anniversary. GCF's 18th anniversary. It is January. So, praise God for 18 years. Let me just give you a few slides so I can sort of uh, uh, share with you something what we can do moving forward, a vision. And although we have been clearly aligned to what is instructed by Scripture, which is go and make disciples of all nations, and especially in our ethne, in our ethnic group. We have been trying to make disciples the best we can, and we have been trying to involve and equip everybody, and it begins by joining a growth group and learning to grow together and then learning to impart it to others. Uh, we have been, as much as we could, try to be faithful to the mandate of Scripture. We did not play church. We, did, we took it seriously, every part of it seriously especially that everyone would read their Bibles, would meditate, would pray. Not just read the Bible, finish it. And not just read it, study it. We've been trying that with all our hearts to allow you to grow up beyond Christian cliches. What are cliches? Common words spoken by many Christians in this nation in other parts, which are not necessarily biblically accurate, but they're cliches. We're used to saying those things. we have encouraged you, especially in presenting the gospel or proclaiming the gospel, to be as accurate as possible. And uh, that has been our encouragement. For me, that has been an uphill climb, trying to change the perspective of many of us. Here, some of us are quick to learn because you're quick to study. Some, not so much. They hold on to cliches and they take less time to study. Uh, But we are not disappointed in Christ because we are doing it in his name and not for people. So allow me to share to you uh, a few things moving forward. First, we praise God for 18 years. Some of you grew up here as children. Some of you were... We're born when the church already existed. And uh, you have grown up with us. And some of us um, have just joined somewhere along the years. And you have become part of the community. So we thank God for that. And we pray that all of you here, we would all be connected. We would have this, this biblical Believers' relationship with God and with one another. So, praise God for 18 years. So, the theme for 2021, and you'll see this in next month, we'll change all the posters and everything. It will be Sola Fide, which means faith alone. We're following the five solas of the Reformation. And uh, uh, last year, it was Solus Christus, which means Christ alone. And before, it was soli deo gloria, which is for the glory of God alone. Of course, af- next year, it will be sola gratia, which is uh, by grace alone. So, faith alone. And uh, to those of you who have studied Romans with mm-hmm. us, um, eh, God willing, we will have a, a Uh, A series of seminars on Romans again, but I want to add Galatians this year. So to those of you who really like studying and you are hungry for it, I praise God that you have the hunger to learn. Of course, we'll try our best to make it available in the website if you are uh, trying to limit your exposure, especially if you have a loved one at home who is not very healthy and uh, you want to protect them We'll try to make it available online. So Thanksgiving, I'd like to focus on the growth groups and discipleship groups. Uh, just to be clear, when we say growth group, it's all small groups. okay? But discipleship groups are more specific. They're, they're homogeneous. It's like Jesus and the 12 disciples. They're all men. okay? We have all men gatherings, all women networks of disciples. Uh, Why? Because we have special needs and specific needs that may not be opened up in a mixed group. And uh, within the discipleship group, there's one-on-one sometimes with the one who shepherds for the Lord, uh, so that if you have prayer requests that are quite private, you can discuss it if you need somebody to speak with, to listen to you and pray with you. So we praise God that uh, I think the highest is 270. Uh, in a week, that has joined the growth group. So we praise God for that. Uh, I think the typhoon, the three typhoons, brought us really low. But, uh, but before that, before the pandemic if even, we were reaching 250. The goal was to hit 400 because we had 400 attendees before the pandemic. That was last year. 400 attending in the Tagalog, English, and Vesper. So we are praying and hoping that all of us, would be part of a group. Now, if you think you're part of a group, you have to ask your growth group leader if they're attending another growth group connected to us. Because we have a pattern of study. We have a pattern of, of, uh, of discipline as well. And one of our beliefs, key beliefs here in church, that everybody must submit to some, somewhere. You cannot be an authority on yourself. The senior pastor submits to the board of elders. Each elder submits to to the board as well. And uh, other pastors submit to the senior pastors. And so on and so on. Because no one is an authority by himself. Everybody must be willing to be corrected. To be encouraged. And to be challenged. And last year we initiated... uh, gathering in houses because of the pandemic we realized this could be the best strategy although I wanted to introduce this strategy we did introduce this strategy a few years ago but because it seems like why should we do it when everybody can go to Sunday but right now thank God for the pandemic please don't get that wrong Uh, don't mistake that that I'm rejoicing because of the pandemic no I am not but I rejoice in God's will whatever it is uh, but we have already four, some numbering beyond 30, 30 attendees, and, uh, and all we need is actually three couples, and, and that is a house church, three families. So, and uh, some may be as small as 10, and to as much as 30 or 40 plus, uh, so we praise God for that. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon, God is good. So, uh, next slide. So, um, our faith goal, well, we need faith and we need prayer, that in 10 years, so it's a 10 year, by 2031, did that even sink into you, that one day you would reach 2031? You know, when, when you were born in the 90s, it seems like, or 80s or 70s, it seems like it seems like science fiction to reach 2031. When I was a kid, I would be watching movies of science fiction that would happen in 2020. I said, 2020, well, nobody predicted the pandemic, including the false prophets. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, if you like watching these a lot of these charismatic preachers on TV, claiming to be prophets. Not one of them got it. Some claimed to get it, but upon investigation, it was post. The pandemic already happened, and they predicted. And some gave predictions that are so vague, as vague as Nostradamus, okay? So vague, you cannot pinpoint it. When you look at the prophecies in the New and the Old Testament, it was quite specific. Uh, So anyway, By God's grace, it's 1,000 in the growth groups in 10 years. So, which also means that if, uh, well, we're not 400 or something like 100 attending every Sunday, uh, it means that each of us would have 10 each in our growth group, God willing. God willing. So, in 10 years, I pray that all of us would be equipped and serving the Lord and serving His people. And if you are serving His people... Please pray that God would use you as a partner, us as partners, to equip those under your care that one day God will also use them so that one day, um, on Judgment Day, the judgment of rewards, that each of the people you are discipling for Christ would have rewards. Right? Would have rewards. (laughs) Yung iba walang reward, pasang-awa lang kasi sa langit. Mga kapasok naman, pero pasang awa. Uh, tino, anong ginawa mo uh, Lord share naman ako sa isang tao. <laughs> sorry Lord <laughs> uh, I don't know those might yes there is a judgment day for that and uh, uh, but it won't be that sad really because at least you're saved uh, what's wrong is it my my wire it's my wire hello hello okay all right so one thousand, so begin praying for a thousand people in the growth groups, all right, so next, please, um, house churches would be two hundred house churches in ten years now, the lifetime goal of GCF is one thousand okay, is it still me let's see so. The lifetime goal is 1,000 house churches, okay? But 200 would be the 10-year faith goal. But if we achieve that in five years, praise be to God, right? So wh- what does that mean? We need 200 homes, all right, trying to reach their neighborhood. That's what it means. So we're going to pray. Uh, the 200 houses is not limited to Nagas City, by the way, uh, the world is our mission, okay? If you go abroad and work in Singapore, you start a growth group there, a house church there, and, uh, and we will coordinate via online, and God willing, we will visit you there. If you are working in Timbuktu, uh, start a house church there, get connected online. I'll send somebody else to visit you. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I will visit you. If you are on top of Mount Everest, don't start a growth group there. you will die.: uh. All right, OK. If not, I'll use the microphone. Just spray, spray it. Uh. So 200 uh, houses, 200 houses. So we're not limited. So if, if you travel to Manila a lot, then start a growth group there, in a home there, in a house there. We'll be connected with them. We're not limited anymore. And that's something that liberated us in our perspective with this pandemic. And I've been encouraging others to continue to have discipleship for those who have left us already because they had to work somewhere else in Europe or the US to find a connection, especially if they're not, they're not yet belonging to a, a Bible-centered local church. So 200 houses. And uh, next slide, please. So to make this happen, let me just, I just wrote a few things that are necessary to do. We need to pray. We need to pray for these seriously. Then we need GEG, growth group leaders, and we need more teachers. When I say teachers, those who dissect the Word of God, who will take time to give more time to study. Okay? And if you're into that, of course, I am your servant to help you there, that we may grow together in Christ. And if you are that serious, I might even encourage you to get formal studies And if you don't have the money, maybe I'll help raise money for you as long as you're committed to serve this 10-year goal, all right? I mean, don't get scholarship and then do your own thing, okay? Uh, You do it because you want to serve, but I'll find a way to help you out. We need houses and hosts. Uh, If you're a host, doesn't necessarily mean you're the growth group leader, at least uh, you, wel- you can welcome. You have a garage that is spacious enough. Kasi yung garahi mo. Garahi lang pwede na. Dahil sa COVID, di ba? Uh, pwede na. But if you have a very spacious house, maybe uh, we can use your living room as well. Uh, then giving. We need more giving. Okay? Uh, I thank God that we were having deficit last year. Tinatanong ako, paano ko nagkukulang? Pagkulang, ang sagot, ganito kalinaw. Yung iba sa amin, walang sahod. Okay? Ganon kalinaw pagkulang yung budget. Yung mga gusto namin ni-improve dito, hindi namin magawa. Kaya wa. kayo magreklamo kung kulang ang giving. Malinaw ba? Pagsira ang ano, ng pintuan ng CR, palitan mo na yung pintuan. Kasi mahina ang giving. Kung hindi, ka na magreklamo. Malinaw ba? Is that clear? So, I'm just encouraging you, these are just the realities of it. Oh, by the way, praise God, because January medyo lumampas, nabigay na namin ang Christmas bonus ng iba. Okay, just today, just recently. So, next we need participants. Everybody should participate in the growth group. We need more participants, and we need those who will proclaim the gospel as accurately as possible, not according to cliches that you heard the evangelist said. We need more space. We need more space. I mean, we are social distancing, and we're filling up the the space. Well, from one angle, it doesn't look like you're social distancing, okay? Uh, It feels like we need more space. But, uh, so, we need more space, so we we will pray for that, Uh, at least 1,000, because if we have... If we have 1,000 lifetime, 1,000 house churches as a lifetime, at least the leaders attend the Sunday service, okay? At least the leaders do. So uh, then, of course, we need more equipping, meaning more training. And uh, uh, I hope that you would join us and say, I want to be trained, I want to be equipped, because I want for the Lord to use me in the remaining time of my life on earth. Life is not too long. Don't you think if you're young, life is long? So, um, one day I read an article about how short life is. So he said he computed uh, in a year there are 52 weeks. And uh, uh, the Bible said a life is 70 years. Beyond that, many say it's bonus. Pag lumampas na ng 70, bonus yan. Okay, so it's a blessing if... You know, somebody who's still strong beyond 70. So, But so, uh, this guy said, uh, this is my age, 70 minus my age. So he got the number of years left before he turned 70. Then he multiplied that by 52, 52 being, being the number of weeks per year. And then when he saw the results of the number of weeks before he turned 70, he realized life is not that long after all. So what he did was he got a a jar of marbles with all the remaining weeks before he's 70. And every week he throws one marble away. It makes him realize that one week is gone and I cannot bring it back again. That life is short. If, If you always keep postponing when you will serve the Lord, you give every reason under heaven why you cannot serve the Lord. Before you know it, you're old. And you're weak. And you will not have the energy or you're sick. It's too late. You can still pray though. So I encourage you, life is not that long. Try that formula and you'll realize that the time to serve the Lord is now. The time of salvation is today for us. If you're saved for others, today is the day of salvation. Salvation. Thank you very much and happy anniversary. Palakpakan naman natin ng Panginoon. God is good. So, allow me to go to the sermon. The sermon, His Oath and Purpose, that is our title today. And it is found in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 to 20. Now, uh, this is within the context of the writer saying to them, In chapter 5, that about Christ is greater than Aaron, and that is within this discussion. That's why we will go back to the study of Melchizedek, because the author mentioned about Christ is in the order of Melchizedek, not Aaron. So we will go back to that discussion. However, within that discussion, he gave a warning. He gave a warning of those who are still babies, babies who are still non-Christians still part of the community, they joined the community, but they have not decided to fully commit to Christ. So they're still there, but they have not crossed over. They have not crossed, crossed over. So please don't use your concept of babies that the that Corinthians used, uh, that Paul used in 1 Corinthians in this. So remember, we are always looking for the usage of the word, not just a dictionary definition of the word it is first the usage of the word so the usage of the word here you are babies meaning you have not truly crossed over you have not truly had faith in him you don't have the full conviction that Christ is the messiah but you think he is the messiah you might incline be inclined that he is the messiah but you have not so you are babies but to those who cross over He expects them to teach because he said to the babies, you should be teaching by now. Then he also said in chapter 6, let us leave the elementary teachings of the Christ, meaning the Old Testament discussions, I mean the law, discussions within the law about Christ and move on to maturity. And he said, God willing, God willing. Then he shifted his tone, but before he said that, he said he warned them about those who fell away, meaning apostates, those who publicly denied Christ and went back to Judaism, denied the gospel, it is impossible to bring them back. This is, not, uh, this is more like the denial of Judas, not like the denial of Peter. The denial of Judas was intentional, willfully. He knew Christ. He witnessed the miracles. He witnessed the Son of God. He witnessed who He was, yet willfully, intentionally betrayed Christ, denied Christ. Unlike Peter, who did have a denial, actually it's not only him, it's it's all the disciples, but he tried to stay, but then he wanted to stay. He did not do it intentionally when he denied Christ. So this is... That is different because Peter was was restored by Christ. Judas had remorse, but he had no repentance. He could not repent anymore. And the author was warning them, there may come a time that uh, don't be like them. But I'm sure you're not like them. Those were impossible to bring back. Uh, Our position is, having studied so many positions, um, the team here, uh, our position is that they were never true believers. It looked like they were true believers, but they were not. And we gave that explanation, just look at the sermon, dire warning. And then he moves on to a more positive note, but you are not like that. You are not like that. In fact, God remembers. He encouraged him, God remembers. What does God remember? Your love for His name and your service to the saints. So God remembers these two things. Your love for His name, your service to His saints. That's why when we serve one another, especially in the small group, because that's the best expression of service to one another, not so much in the large group, because we don't know everybody here. But in the small group, we have to think of ways on how we can serve one another there and do it for His name, not for the sake of each one first. First, for the sake of His name, before one another. So, uh, after that... He instructed them not to be sluggards, don't be lazy, don't be indifferent, but have faith and endurance. So I encourage you, please serve God's community, serve God's growth group. If somehow um, you feel like you want the growth group, but the one who, 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 who said he'll lead you is, 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 is doesn't seem to have the time, um, tell him to find the time. And, and that may include me, you tell me, Okay. Because we are all servants of God. Tell me to find the time. And I'll, I'll try my best to find a way. And we will find a way. No matter how busy we are. Because we trust that God will give us wisdom. We trust that God will help rearrange our schedules. Our work. We pray that God will provide. Uh, the, the time will miss in working. God will provide in some way. But we will find a way. So... Uh, The author instructed the recipients not to be sluggish, but to follow the example of those who inherit the promises through faith and endurance. The writer then turns the reader to God's oath and promise. So that's why he's saying, continue to serve the Lord, be diligent so that the promise will come true. So we believe in the perseverance of the saints, meaning if you're a true believer, if you're truly chosen by God, you will persevere until the end. And within you, within you is a full conviction not to deny Christ, even in the worst thing possible. If the worst thing has happened to you, persecuted, threatened to death, or whatever, threatened of suffering, you have decided within you not to fall away. Because if you have not decided that, then you are not a disciple. We'll have a session in Proclaim about how Jesus defined His disciples. And that's very clear. And He said, unless you give up everything, and that's including your life, you cannot be my disciple. And we will look in Acts that a disciple is actually the Christian. (laughs) Anyone who calls himself a Christian is a disciple. This world of ours has separated. You're a Christian now, and you'll are a disciple another day. (laughs) Oh, gee. A Christian is a disciple, it's just one. You don't see the dichotomy in Scripture that separates the two. More on that on proclaim, but not this proclaim, another session of proclaim. So, he's encouraging them, God will keep His promise. So you continue to be diligent. God will keep His promise. Then he moves on to discuss about Abraham, how God promised Abraham and God kept His promise. But he also mentioned that Abraham had faith and endurance. Abraham is just one of the heroes of the faith that he mentioned. But in chapter 11, he will introduce so many heroes of the faith who had faith and endurance. So right now, be decided that you will endure everything in Christ. Because if right now you're not decided, I tell you, you will not endure. And only those who endure until the end shall be saved. Or... The true people who are saved will endure until the end, because such is the grace that God will give us. Now, he mentions two unchangeable realities. So, and that would be God's oath and His purpose. What is His pur- purpose? We have been reading it since chapter 1. Of course, the purpose of God. And all over the Bible, the purpose of God, of course, is what? Christ Christ being sovereign, Christ being the center of all, and Christ being the Savior of mankind, but not necessarily mankind universally, saving the people they have chosen by His grace. So it is since Adam today we have sinned, and sin makes us an enemy of God. Please do not forget that. That's why we need the forgiveness through Christ, because Christ had no sin Christ is the only one worthy to be the intermediary. The go in between to say, I have died for him and for her. They are forgiven. No one is, no one, no one. Because all have sinned. All so-called saints have sinned. Peter has sinned. Paul had sinned. Mary had sinned. Only Christ did not sin. Therefore, only Christ is the mediator between God and man. Let's read verse 13. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could not swear an oath by no one greater, he swore by himself. What does that mean? Well, um, we all sign a contract these days if you sometimes it's a gentleman's agreement we shake hands with one another and say deal deal and for those of us who have integrity and honor a deal is a deal we don't just change the deal but somehow we say you willing to sign a contract so in the name of the law the philippine law we sign that contract to seal the deal so we are signing because we respect the law, supposedly. That's why we sign an agreement. In those days, they don't sign contracts because paper was not, well, it's not like right now. There's so much paper you can buy. Uh, before they seal it with an oath, they seal it with a meal. That's why Abraham had a meal with God. And uh, God when he split the, the animals in half and the fire of God went through... And uh, even in Sinai, they had a meal in the mountain, Moses and the elders. And Jesus had a meal with his disciples before his his suffering and death. God and Abraham, he swore to himself. And that swearing of God to himself because he could not swear to anybody greater. So which means he sealed the oath. He did not just say, Abraham, I'll do this. Okay, to, to, to assure you, let me swear it to me because there is nobody greater. So God purposed before the foundation of the world that through Christ He would forgive the guilty. The author stated that God could not lie to demonstrate that He would fulfill His promise to Abraham and He sealed it with an oath to Himself. Let's read verse 16 um, until 18. For people swear an oath by one greater than themselves and With them, an oath serving as confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God, desiring even more to demonstrate to the heirs of the promise the fact that His purpose is unchangeable, confirmed it with an oath. To establish that His purpose is unchangeable, He made an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie... We who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to hold firmly to the hope set before us. What are the two unchangeable realities? God's oath and God's promise or God's purpose. That's unchangeable. So that's why I'm saying to them, trust, hope. Even in the midst of discrimination, social persecution, economic persecution, hold on. Of course, our context today is different because we are really not suffering that much as believers, only a little bit among friends and relatives, only a little bit, but not compared to them. If you're going through difficulty as a believer, hold on, endure. God's promises are unchanging. He cannot lie. Please, He cannot lie. His promise according to Scripture, and I'd like to say that according to Scripture, Many claim just because they had a dream. God had gave me a promise. I had a dream. Let me say to you once again, I believe that God can communicate through us in different ways. Do not get me wrong. I still believe that. God can guide us. God can uh, speak to us through circumstance. He can speak to us in the deepest of our hearts, especially as we study Scripture, as we meditate on Scripture. But please do not name it and claim it. Do not follow every other so-called Christian on this earth and what you see on TV or YouTube. Name it and claim it. I never saw Jesus speak to his disciples now because you're my disciples. All you have to do is name it and claim it and it's going to be yours. Hallelujah. Amen. I I never saw Christ. Say that. What did he say? If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then you can ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. It's not just name it and claim it. No, no. You abide in me, and my words abide in you. people forget that. Um, Now, God's promise fulfilled. Abraham believed in the promise that God would greatly bless him and multiply him. The patriarch patiently waited for the promise of a son, Isaac, And Abraham kept believing even to the point of sacrificing Isaac as commanded by God. Thus, Abraham received the promise of a son through Sarah. He already had a son through Hagar, but the promise of God was through Sarah. It cannot be through Hagar. So when God gave Isaac, and then God tested him. When Isaac was 13, he was tested. Sacrifice your son. When Isaac was a boy, sacrifice your son. And Abraham said, well, you promised the line will be through Isaac. So I'll just obey you. And maybe because you said so, you'll bring him back to life. (laughs) That's how convinced he was of the promise of God. Please have faith and endure. Do not let the small suffering in this present earth discourage you. If you believed in the wrong gospel, you are not saved. What is a wrong gospel? One example of a wrong gospel, just trust in Him, pray the sinner's prayer, accept Him, and all your troubles will go away. Look at me. I always smile. Careful of those smiling preachers who always smile who don't preach on obedience, faith, and sacrifice, and suffering. It's all blessing, 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 blessing. Oh, but God is a God of promise. We will receive blessing, but according to His promise, not according to what we want Him to promise. So we have to please grow out of those. Grow up. Verse 14, saying indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply you, and so having Patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Well, he didn't see the multitudes, he saw Isaac. That was it. Because God saw the, showed the fulfillment of the promise in part, not in whole. And that was enough for Abraham. And Hebrews 11 will discuss that he believed in something greater, even though all he had then was Isaac. Of course, he would saw the, son of, the sons of Isaac. Abraham would see them. And uh, but he would not see the in, Europe, in Europe, so many descendants, like the sons of the sea and the stars of the sky. He would not see that. But Isaac was enough. The author encouraged the Jewish believers to imitate those who would inherit the promise. And Abraham was one of those. So Gayahin, Ninusha. what Anong Gayahin? How should we imitate them? Imitate their faith and endurance. So the Jewish believers should not be sluggish. Don't be lazy and don't be indifferent. But imitate the faith and endurance of people like Abraham. Let's read verse 12. Let's go back to verse 12, please. Going back to verse 12. So that you will not... No, verse 12, it's last, last week, so that you will not be sluggish. Be imitators of those who through faith and endurance inherit the promises. Uh, Jewish believers needed encouragement. And I encourage you these days, to those who continue serving the Lord, love for His name and serving God's people. And when you serve, please be a servant, as I said. Don't be a boss. Because if you're not a servant, all you do is complain. All you do is you see everything wrong with other people. But if you're a servant, you don't think that way. If you see something wrong, what will a servant do? Find a way to help. To help. Fix it to help. Be part of a solution. Not just staying at a distance and saying, Oh, the problem is this, the problem is that, the problem is this. <sighs> Let us be servants. Amen? Now, God's promise through Christ was fulfilled. The believer's anchor of hope is in God who cannot lie. God cannot lie. Who made clear his promise and purpose. The hope of believers is in Christ, the high priest forever. So, the author goes back to the discussion of high priest forever, which is a preparation of the discussion of, of <coughs> Christ uh, and Melchizedek being alike. <coughs> because he is, Melchizedek is above Aaron and above Levi, and uh, Melchizedek was not part of the nation of Israel. He was a universal priest. Rather, Aaron was a priest for Israel, and his descendants were a priest for Israel only. So Christ is a universal priest that included the Gentiles as well. And, uh, and it says here in verse 19 to 20, please uh, post 19 to 20, uh, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. An anchor of the soul, okay? The soul must have an anchor. Who is that anchor? Christ. The gospel of Christ. He suffered, died, and resurrected. And we are called to have faith and repent of our sins. A hope both sure and reliable. And one which enters within the veil. Now, again, this veil is... is what, what in the world? Within the veil? What is he talking about? If you studied Exodus, you would understand the veil. The veil is the curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And the holy of holies is where the presence of God is. The ark of the covenant is there. And the mercy seat is there. And the high priests of Israel will go into the holy of holies once a year to sacrifice sins for himself and for his people. They do it every year. Now, he's saying that Christ is a high priest forever he is the one who enters the veil and uh, verse 20 where jesus has entered as forerunner for us he went there on our behalf meaning having become a high priest forever according to the order of melchizedek and we will discuss that melchizedek is a type of christ a shadow uh, of christ but christ is the substance of who Melchizedek was. Melchizedek is not another divine being, please. Uh, Melchizedek is a type of Christ that had no genealogy, no future, and God intended it that way, that there was no record of him except the encounter with Abraham and his title as, as king of Salem and the priest of the Most High God. And that is what Genesis revealed, and that is all we need. There was another priesthood, Aside from Aaron. And this was before Levi, making him greater, making Melchizedek greater than Aaron. And Christ is according to that forever type of, of priesthood. The author made a reference to the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. And Jesus went to the veil and sacrificed himself. He had no sin, but he came as a high priest, and later on the author will also discuss that he was also the perfect sacrifice as well as the eternal high priest. That's why we have to be sure of our faith. There's no other place but to be sure. Christ is the high priest forever. Not in the bloodline of Aaron because of the priesthood, because the Jewish people there would argue, hey, 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 how, how is Jesus Christ or, or, or this Jesus, high priest forever, where he, when he is in the line of David. He's in the line of David. He's under Judah. So he cannot be, he's not under Levi. And you know that Levi, Aaron is under, by blood they inherit the position. It's only for a certain family, succeeded by a certain family. But the author is saying, well, he's not in the order of Aaron. It's not about bloodline. Melchizedek was appointed by God to be high priest forever. So Christ was appointed by God to be high priest forever. Application, let us trust in God's promise in Christ. How will you know? Just read your Bibles and trust every promise given there in Christ. Please trust with full conviction the two unchangeable realities, God's oath and His purpose to reconcile humans to Himself through Christ We need Christ who can save from the justice of God. And we can trust Him to do so. God wants to save the world from what? From Satan? (laughs) No, 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 He wants to save you and I from His justice. Because He is a just God. Yet He also found a way, in a just way, to forgive us we sin justice must be must fall upon us but then there's another legal way when a sinless person is sacrificed on behalf of humanity or behalf of his chosen ones that is the legal way so Christ had to become a person he's god But he took on the form of man and suffered as man to sacrifice himself. And he had to have no sin. No sin. Let us inherit the promise through faith and endurance. So let us exercise our our faith with endurance and obedience like Abraham. God promised, Abraham believed. God commanded Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Abraham obeyed, but God stopped him because he saw proof of his obedience already. So whatever trials we are experiencing, let us not focus on how hard life is. Life can be hard. Life can be easy. Life is a mix of both. I remember one time when I was deeply in debt and had nothing. The only recourse is to keep trusting in God. Remember a time there was abundance and there is no other thing to do but to die to self so that blessings will not corrupt the soul. Let us anchor our faith in His death and resurrection. No matter what the obstacle, let us endure. No matter what. By grace through faith we shall endure. Until when? Until the end. The author said that you would be diligent to love His name and serve His people, serve the saints, until the end. What does that mean? Until the end, until you die. Serving His people is until we die. Believing in His promises is until we die. There's no break. We just continue to do so. Oh, are you shocked? Are you surprised? Well, you believe to a world of Christianity that is not biblical. How can we be biblical? You look at the Bible and say, I will live this one by faith. And by grace alone, we shall. Will it be difficult? No, no. It will be impossible. That's why we need the grace of God. We need to pray that we may fulfill. And by His grace, we will be able to. And lastly, have an unshakable faith in Christ. Christ was above Aaron. He is also above all men. Christ is not under humans. He is not under religion. He is sovereign. Thus all must submit to Christ and His word. Christ is the anchor of our soul. No one else. The anchor of your soul is not your friend. Not your best friend. That best friend of yours did not die for your sins. And that best friend of yours, like any human, will disappoint you. Unintentionally or intentionally, it will happen. Unless Christ becomes our foundation, unless He is our rock, we will shake. We will be shaken by every trial. Every pandemic, it will shake us. Every little trial, it will shake our faith. Why? Because Christ is not the rock you see a brother or sister disappoint you, then you are shaken and Christ is not your rock. You know, favorite term to excuse, nostambulakunyan. Oh, brother. Be unshakable. Now, the author is speaking real meat, not for babies, okay? Be unshakable. Nothing shakes us. Unshakable. So I'd like to share to you this piece called "Unshakable." Our hope is unshakable. For us, it's undeniable. Our Savior went within the veil, the only one who could not fail. Christ is the high priest forever, a truth held by each follower. Is there anybody greater There's none for the true believer. We shall be patient and endure. Our faith is anchored and secured. God's purpose and oath we believe. Like Abraham, we shall receive. Let us all rise and let us pray. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon. Lord, thank you. Thank you. We shall receive, we shall endure in faith. As you have promised to Abraham, so he received as he believed and endured. So you promised us eternal life. You promised us that we are your children, sons and daughters of the Most High. You promised. It's in your word that we are co-heirs in Christ. All that Christ has, He shares with us. We may not see everything of it yet now on this earthly vessel, but we will endure because we see that by faith. This world is nothing. The wealth of this world, the fame of this world is nothing compared to you. And we determine deep within us By the grace you give us, we shall not fall away. We have anchored our hope. So what if we suffer for a while? So what if everyone abandons us because of our faith? So what? But we have you. We have an anchor. And it will remain unshakable till death through whatever and we can only do it by your grace thank you for 18 years Lord we pray bless this year make this year a spiritually blessed year for our community for your kingdom Allow us to wake up from our slumber, from our sluggishness, from our apathy. Teach us to rise above the little problems we have, the petty problems we have in our minds and in our emotions. But focus solely on you. Because whenever we are focused on you, we are strong. And whenever we remember our anchor is you, we are unshakable. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.